but yeah, I thought of you immediately when uh, I saw Frog Lady. Yeah, which... yeah. Do you watch it with the subtitles on? I do, yeah. My boyfriend likes the subtitles, so we always just keep them on. So it was funny that it said that as her name. <laughs> I couldn't believe that was her name. And then they even used it in the episode where he says, you know, I don't speak frog. Oh. Um, and I was like, do they yeah. run out of money before naming <laughs> this new species? Yeah, yeah. Poor lady doesn't have a name. <laughs> yeah. No, that seems, considering all of the, I mean, that's like even, like, that's Mon Calamari, you know, level. Like, at least yeah. then they, they converted to a different language, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at least there's confirms that frogs exist in the Star Wars universe. They're called frogs, right? So that's kind of fun. Right, yeah, no, for herpetologists and Star Wars fan, that's got to be kind of fun, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. And, like, just, like, the natural history, you start to think about, like, okay, what is this thing that she has? Why is she carrying her eggs in that container? And um yeah it was pretty cool and it totally made me think of our reintroduction work so it's like mandalorian's like a conservation biologist now or something he's transporting these sensitive eggs um across the galaxy so it's pretty cool yeah that's true i didn't even think about that like a yeah repopulation so um and i yeah i mean so about the eggs i mean other than he really needs to be better at getting the child to stop eating them what did you make of of that whole thing and they said she had to be there by the equinox and and all these sorts of limitations i was curious if that has any uh -huh. basis and well normally a female frog wouldn't lay her eggs until the male was already like with her mm -hmm. um but it will happen. Like when I was working at the zoo, we had our captive breeding program with endangered mountain yellow-legged frogs. And some, sometimes the females would just lay eggs kind of unexpectedly, like out of season. So, so maybe she's just been away from her husband for so long, she had to get her eggs out because they can actually get sick if they hold their eggs too long and they can start to decay and they'll, they'll actually die. So maybe she just had to get her eggs out. And this is like the adaptation, the technology they have Luckily, she has this container that can keep them wet in perfect temperature, perfect conditions, right? Because eggs of frogs are really sensitive. You know, they have to be in this kind of very narrow range of temperatures and pH and other conditions. So being a humanoid, I mean, or a more advanced kind of frog, I guess she can figure that out. They have the technology, um, but she's still limited by her natural history where the eggs have to stay moist all the time and stuff. So I thought it was cool that, you know, obviously, she had to get her eggs out for some reason or other, and she needs to get them fertilized by her husband, and they're like her her precious cargo. Yeah. I was hoping that Baby Yoda would like have some spiritual connection to the eggs, but all he did was eat them. So I was like, oh man, come on, like yeah. that's how gonna like make them develop or protect them or something with the Force. <laughs> yeah, nope, apparently not. Yeah, he's just too food motivated. But right. the egg thing also made me think of. Um, there's poison dart frogs will actually lay unfertilized eggs and feed them to their tadpoles. So they um, lay their fertilized eggs in bromeliads, you know, the, they fill up with water and then there's not really any food sources in a bromeliad. So the mom will go back and forth to all the bromeliads where she's laid eggs and pop a little unfertilized egg into the, the bromeliad and the tadpoles will go up and eat it. Yeah. So that's just kind of like, you know, maybe Baby Yoda knew how nutritious these eggs were. So <laughs> same kind of thing, but they weren't meant for him, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, I was really horrified by that. And that was such a clear, you know, 
what was going to happen, uh, that it was, it was just driving me crazy the whole time. I was like, stop eating. <laughs> yeah. This is the yeah. last of the last of her line, you know, <laughs> every time. Yeah. It was, it was awesome how Mando, Mando was just like always like reprimanding uh, baby Yoda though. Like, yeah. How many did you eat? How many of those eggs did you eat? Come on. Right. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So what did you think about the other parts of, I noticed at least in my limited understanding as some sort of more gecko like uh, adaptations, the hands uh -huh. sort of, she looked like she might be able to like scale a wall the way a gecko could. Yeah. Because they were more flattened, right? They were like um, not typical frog hands that looked more like a gecko and then the tongue too. So like geckos have longer tongues and frogs really just have a tongue that like it can go out, you know, but doesn't extend that far. Um, so that was more like a lizard tongue that I saw on her. Um, it's an interesting mashup. Um, yeah, but she definitely had skin that it was kind of, kind of looked like a lizard skin. Like there was almost scales on it, but you could tell it was kind of moist too. And there are some frogs that kind of have um, spines and kind of tubercules or kind of, you know, harder kind of elements in them. So that was very frog-like for sure. And then her ear was a, a tympanum, like a, tympanic membrane so it's kind of like they don't have an external ear but they, a lot of frogs do have that round thing with the cover on it so okay so does that, that still pick up you know vibrations and those sorts of things mm -hmm. okay. yeah yeah so okay interesting yeah i kept waiting for her to lick her eyelids i know we talked about that when we talked recently about geckos yeah um, and i only noticed on the second viewing that she actually blinks her eyes at some point right so those are yeah. mutually exclusive right i think they'll blink um Lizards will more like squint. They can close their eyes, um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, geckos can't though. Yeah, so it was more like a frog in that sense. Okay. And kind of like the, the vertical slit, like we talked about too. So she had that nocturnal kind of eye pattern and stuff, so. Oh, right, yeah. I'm very curious now about this estuary planet that we hear about. Ooh, yeah, which looks like it's gonna be that, that ship, right? Because remember in the trailer, that ship that they travel on, Oh, see, I never watched the trailer. Oh, okay. I was too scared of spoilers. You're in for a surprise then. Okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, and the water thing was interesting that she wanted to go sit in the water. And it makes sense because, you know, amphibians can't tolerate cold very well. So maybe she was just kind of seeking out that water source. And even though it was warm, I actually looked it up and there's a species of frog in Japan that lives near hot springs. Mm -hmm. They can really tell what the proper temperature is. So they typically avoid the really really hot pools because they can like hang out on the fringes and get moisture there but um so maybe it wasn't that warm of a hot pool she probably tested it out first before jumping in there so right yeah, yeah is that something that like i mean they show the mandalorian having the infrared sort of setting on his helmet so he could see the uh -huh. footsteps and see the the heated heat of that room is that something that she would have been able to sense i think they can just kind of, they usually pick up on cues of other aquatic animals to know where pools are. So they'll hear other frogs that have already established there and kind of cue in on those kind of things usually, um, or just kind of wander until they find water. But sensing heat, like, and that was interesting because if it's a cold-blooded amphibian, it's not going to be warm, mm -hmm. but maybe it was warm. The footsteps were warm because the, the ship was warmer than the outside. So I guess it could uh. be. Right. right. Maybe he's just really well calibrated helmet. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Very sensitive. <laughs>
Um, but I don't think they can sense like heat, like, um, like the reptiles that we talked about last time. Okay. And I was definitely very surprised when I saw, I mean, even after all of these other frog, you know, allegories, I still, when she jumped, when she was fleeing, was really like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. I'm like, that's cool. Like, you know, it's just like a frog, the way she was hopping and could kind of move between. So it's like a cross, it's like a super evolved frog, essentially, right? It can walk bipedally, but when it needs to, it can, can leap and jump. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I definitely wonder, I mean, I guess episode one and two go right into each other, but I was curious when episode two ended, I'm like, wait, I want to see her. I know he says that that's where they're going, but I was like, I want to see it happen. So I do sort of want episode three to open with, you know, reunited and, and, you know, her eggs getting, um, you know, there in time. So Yeah. Yeah. Meeting her husband. And I mean, it was just cool to see her like protecting the eggs. And there are some frogs that do actually carry their eggs externally. So um, I looked, looked up some pictures. I'll send you a link to some pictures, but there's a species called the, the midwife toad from Europe. And it's actually um, the male that carries the frogs that are fertile, the eggs that are fertilized on their back. So as, as they're being fertilized, he kind of twists and winds them up and then they end up on his back. Um, and he carries around them around until they hatch. So it kind of made me think of like the idea of parental care in amphibians, which is usually pretty rare, right? Normally they just lay their eggs and they leave them but there are some species that will hang on to the eggs. And there's also um, poison dart frogs. Some of them will actually carry their tadpoles um, even after they hatched on their back and move them around to different places. Um, so it's so based cool on, on the biology we see for the mom, would you expect that the eggs are gonna go through the sort of tadpole you know, to, to frog life cycle? For most of them that, um, a lot or a lot of species that, um, that carry the eggs around, they actually have this thing called direct development where they go directly from um, eggs to baby frogs. Uh, okay. So, and the reason why those kind of species carry around their eggs is because there's not a lot of reliable water sources. So it's like an adaptation where if they were to lay their eggs in the water dried up, they wouldn't survive. So they just carry them on their body and keep move around to moist microhabitats to keep the eggs moist. Um, but there are like the poison dart frogs actually, they can move their eggs around and they turn into tadpoles first. So it's most likely they'll have some kind of larval stage, but it's not, they could be little baby lady frogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what we're gonna call them. <laughs> right, I know, I just, it drives me crazy. Hopefully someone uh, in, the, in the canon of it eventually will come up with something a little bit more interesting to call yeah, them. Yeah, 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 so, um, Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. I yeah, just, yeah. 